Section 4 of At a Winter's Fire. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Joe Sela. At a Winter's Fire by Bernard Capes. The Vanishing House. My grandfather, said the banjo, drank dog's nose. My father drank dog's nose. And I drink dog's nose. If that ain't heredity, there's no virtue in the board schools. Ah, said the piccolo, you're always a boastin' of your science, and so, I suppose, your son'll drink dog's nose, too? No, retorted the banjo with a rumbling laugh, like wind in the bunghole of an empty cask. For I ain't got none. The family ends with me, which is a pity, for I'm a full stop to be proud on. He was an enormous, tun-bellied person, a mere mound of expressionless flesh, whose size alone was an investment that paid a perpetual dividend of laughter. When, as with the rest of his company, his face was blackened, it looked like a specimen coal on a pedestal in a museum. There was Christmas company in the good intent, in the sanded taproom, with its trestle tables and sprigs of holly, stuck under sooty beams, reeked with smoke and the steam of hot gin and water. "'How much could you put down on a night, Jack?' said a little grinning man by the door. "'Why,' said the banjo, "'enough to lay the dustiest ghost as he ever walked.' "'Could you now?' said the little man. "'Ah,' said the banjo, chuckling, "'there's nothing like settin' one spirit to lay another, "'and there I could give you proof number two of heredity. "'What, don't you go for to say you ever seed a ghost?' "'Haven't I? What are you whispering about, you blushful chap there by the winder?' "'I was only remarking, sir, twere snawin' like the devil.' "'Is it? Then the devil has been misjudged these eighteen hundred and ninety-odd years.' "'But did you ever see a ghost?' said the little man, grinning, pursuing his subject. "'No, I didn't, sir,' mimicked the banjo, saving in coffee grounds. "'But my grandfather in his cups seed one. "'Which brings us to number three in the matter of heredity.' "'Give us a story, Jack,' said the Bones, whose aguge shins were extemporizing a rattle on their own account before the fire. "'Well, I don't mind,' said the fat man. "'It's seasonable, and I'm seasonable, like the blessed plum pudding I am. "'And the more burnt brandy you set about me, the richer and headier I'll go down.' "'You'd be a jolly old puddin' to digest,' said the piccolo. "'You'd blow your aggravation into your pipe and sealing wax to stop,' said his friend." He drew critically at his churchwarden a moment or so, leaned forward, emptied his glass into his capacious receptacles, and giving his stomach a shift, as if to accommodate it to his new burden, proceeded as follows. Music and malt is my natural inheritance. My grandfather blew his dog's nose and drank his clarinet like an artist, and my father... What did you say your grandfather did? asked the piccolo. He played the clarinet. You said he blew dog's nose. Don't be ass, Fred, said the banjo aggrieved. How the blazes could a man blow his dog's nose unless he muzzled it with a handkerchief and then twisted its tail. He played the clarinet, I say, and my father played the musical glasses, which was a form of harmony particularly genial to him. Amongst us we've piped out a good long century. Ah, we have, for all I look, sit your baby bursting on sops and spoon meat. What, said the little man by the door, you don't include them cocked hatses in your experience? My grandfather wore them, sir. He wore a play-acting coat, too, and buckles to his shoes when he got any, and he and a friend or two made a permanency of weights, only they called them according to the season, and got their profit going from house to house, principally in the country, and discourse and music at a low rate of whatever they could get for it. "'Ain't you coming to the ghost, Jack?' said the little man hungrily. "'All in course, sir. Well, gentlemen, it was hard times pretty often with my grandfather and his friends, as you may suppose, and never so much as when they had to trudge it across country.' with a nor'easter buzzing in their teeth and the snow piled on their cocked hats like lemon sponge on entry dishes. The rewards, I've heard him say, for he lived to be ninety, nevertheless, with poor compensation for the drifts and the influenza and the broken chablains. 
and now and again they get a fair skinful of liquor from a jolly squire as to set em up like bogarts mended with new broomsticks ho ha broke in a hurdle maker in a corner and then regretting the publicity of his merriment put his fingers bashfully to his stubble lips now said the banjo it's of a particular night and a particular skinful that i'm going to tell you and that night fell dark and that skinful were took a hundred years ago this december as i'm a jack puddin he paused a moment for effect before he went on they were down in the southwest country which they little knew and were a nigh in winchester city or should have been but they got muzzed on the ungodly downs and before they guessed they was off the track my good hat there they was as lost in the snow as three nutshells a-sinkin' into a hasty pudding well they wandered round pretty confident at first but getting madder and madder as every sense of their bearings slipped from them and the bitter cold took their vitals so as they saw nothing but a great winding sheet stretched abroad for to wrap their dead carcasses in at last my grandfather he stopped and pulled himself together with an awful face and says he we're christmas pie for the carrying on crows if we don't prove ourselves human let's fetch out our pipes and blow our trouble into em so they stood together like as if they were before a house and they played Cata Aberdare, mighty dismal and flat for their fingers froze to the keys now i tell you they hadn't climbed over the first stave when there come a squirrel of wind and a spindrift of snow as almost took them off their feet and on the going down of it jim sloke as played the hot boy dropped the reed from his mouth and called out sakes alive if we fools ain't been standing outside a gentleman's gate all this time and not knowing it you might have knocked the three of em down with barley straw as they stared and stared and then fell into a low enjoying laugh for they was standing not six foot from a tall iron gate in a stone wall and behind these was a great house showing out dim with the winders all lighted up lord chuckled my grandfather to think of the tricks of this vagarious country but as we're here we'll go on and we'll give em a taste of our quality they put new heart into the next movement as you may guess and they hadn't fair started on it when the door of the house swung open and down the shaft of light that shot out as far as a gate there come a smiling young gal with a tray of glasses in her hands now she came to the bars and she took and put a glass through not saying nothing but inviting someone to drink with a silent laugh did anyone take that glass of course he did you'll be thinking and you'll be thinking wrong not a man of the three moved they was struck like a stone and their lips was gone the color of slowberries not a man took the glass for why the moment the gal presented it each saw the face of a thing looking out the window over the porch and the face was hideous beyond words and the shadow of it with the light behind stretched out and reached to the gal and made her hideous too at last my grandfather gave a groan and put out his hand and as he did it the face went and the gal was beautiful to see again death and the devil said he it's one or both either way and i prefer em hot to cold he drank off half the glass smacked his lips and stood staring a moment dear dear said the gal in a voice like fallen water you've drunk blood sir my grandfather gave a yell slapped the rest of the liquor in the faces of his friends and threw the cup again the bars it broke with a noise like thunder and at that he'd up with his hands and fell full length into the snow there was a pause the little man by the door was twisting nervously in his chair he came too of course he came too said he at length he come too said the banjo solemnly in the bitter break of dawn that is he come to as much of himself as he ever was after he gave a squiggle and lifted his head and there was he and his friends a-lying on the snow of the high downs and the house and the gal nary a sight of either sir but just the sky and the white stretch and one other thing and what was that a stain of red sunken where the cup had split there was a second pause and the banjo blew into the bowl of his pipe they cleared out that neighborhood double quick you'll bet said he but my grandfather was never the same man again his face took purple while his friends only remained splashed with red same as birthmarks 
and I'll tell you, if he ever ventured upon Kate Aberdare, his cheeks swelled up to the reed of his clarinet, like as a blue plum on a stalk, and forty years after he died of what they call solution of blood to the brain. And you can't have better proof than that, said the little man. That's what I say, said the banjo. Next player, gentlemen, please. End of section four. Recording by Joe Sela.